Hello and welcome to a brand new season of NFL Only Better. I am joined, as always, by the dream team of John Bath and Mike Carlson. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. <laughs> what kind of dreams? What kind of dreams were you having? Nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Nightmares. Uh, if you haven't, and why have you not? But last week we did a season preview, predicting who would be the AFC, NFC champions, and the Super Bowl champions, of course. And uh, highs and lows that we all expect. Uh, you can check that out still. It's up, of course, here it's... on the Podcast Network, up on Betfair Sports YouTube, new YouTube. Please subscribe. And Mike, you were going to say it's great. Yeah, it was a good. It was it was a lot of fun. It um, was a lot. First of fun, off, yeah. I miss you. I miss you guys already. You know, it's yeah. Nice. yeah. And and they let you out of your cell. I mean, I, they yeah. put you back. They put you back in the cell for this one. It doesn't look look yeah, as nice. Gonna, you know? We'll know how good that preview show was in about. Four or five months. <laughs> <laughs> By which time, hopefully, all the audience will have forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't like to do every show with us all holding hands, but it was a nice change. Yeah, <laughs> a nice absolutely. spontaneous move by you as well, Kieran. I wasn't. You caught totally me off guard with that. Well. But you know, you got to go with these things. Uh, I do want to let everyone know about uh, an absolutely brilliant offer uh, taking place this weekend because Betfair starting the season off with a completely free bet builder on any NFL game this Sunday. And after the opening weekend, you'll be able to bag a free bet every single Sunday in NFL when you bet £5 or €5 on bet builders. Uh, So uh, terms and conditions for that promo, which there always will be in life are uh, in the description of this pod uh, but a nice a nice one to start off the NFL season especially you realize season. when Kieran takes advantage of the free bet builder he's basically a cowboy builder <laughs> I, I mean I, 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 maybe I'll maybe I'll maybe I will do the cowboy game I don't know I'll see, I'll see. that was a good one <laughs> what's the good one that's well, the it was, it, was one. it was a one it was a long season <laughs> five years in. um right that's right uh, fifth, look, fifth season Fifth season. Let's yeah, go. we should Six be renegotiating. We, we should be renegotiating our rookie contracts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, let's not do that on the air, anyway. Um, Mike, we'll put you on the franchise tag. You'll be fine. <laughs> does anyone? Anyone? Um, do you guys want to know that? Well, there's been no real change on the outrights. Just to let you know, uh, mm-hmm. obviously with no games played, Kansas City six to one, Eagles eight to one, Bills nines, 49ers nines, Bengals tens, Cowboys twelves, and it's sixteens bar. Um, and the Super Bowl reigning champions and Le Fevres, as the French would say, are uh, kicking off this uh, season as they host the Detroit Lions. Everyone's kind of, oh, keep an eye on the Lions. Uh, yeah. Two to one about the Detroit Lions. Kansas City Chiefs are two to five. Five points is the spread. 52.5 is the over under. Wow. Uh, Mike, it looks like uh, we're wow. starting the season with uh, people expecting some high-scoring games, but that is not always the case. It's, yeah, it's not really the case when you look through, but, I mean, what what jumped out at me and why I said wow was that I looked at the odds um, not uh, on a you know an aggregator site yesterday, and um, at that point, the Chiefs were 6.5, were giving 6.5, and I said Detroit plus 6.5 looks pretty good. To me, I, I think I might even, you know, risk that. And the over/under was fifty-four. Now, what's happened since then is um, expectedly. I mean, if Chris Jones were to have signed, I don't even know if he would play. He wouldn't play tonight. I mean, so that was already in the mix. But Kelsey could well be out. Um, he seems to have hyperextended his knee and, and may miss a game or two. Uh, and I think that's what probably caused that drop in the in the lines. But the Chiefs without Chris Jones, and it makes his case pretty well for getting a big contract, are not the same team defensively. 
um, it's a huge key to your defense to have an interior player who has to be double teamed. Um, it makes your your outside players um, better. And it's interesting, you know, Brian Burns still hasn't signed in Carolina. Nick Bosa still hasn't signed in um you know, in San Francisco and Bosa wants more money than Aaron Donald. And of course, what Aaron Donald at 31.7 million has an advantage over, over Bosa or whatever is that he's an interior player like Chris Jones. And so if, you know, I think Chris Jones actually has a better case <laughs> for being paid more than, than Aaron Donald than Nick Bosa does. But I, I, I would now hesitate with the lions. I was really leaning, leaning toward the lions getting close to seven points. Um, even though that seven is a big, you know, it is a big denominator. Um, going down to five, I'm not quite so sure. I was also looking to to see that this might go over, um, and 52.5 is is better than 54, obviously. John, uh, yeah, so a little, you kind of expect the Kansas City Chiefs to come out and, and fire, but uh, not only have we seen odd scores, but we've seen some odd enough results in this uh, season opener. Uh, I can remember uh, Patriots losing. You also had the Cowboys going up and surprising. Was it Tampa? Tampa, I think, got a field goal with zero yeah. on the clock to win the game when they were like ten point favorite. So it's it's always a little tough one this season opener. Well, it's yeah by by definition, really. Like a lot of these, you know, these teams haven't played in several months, and uh, you know, the, the opening week actually, in fact, like the opening three weeks of the season, I always feel are like a little bit of a crapshoot because. You might get teams who are on different sort of levels of their uh, of their preparation for the season. Some teams have injuries, as Mike was referring to. Some teams are still kind of in contractual hell with some of their players. Like Chris Jones would be is going to be a big loss for the Chiefs, assuming he he doesn't play, which you know almost certainly doesn't. But it's not only that. Like players like Juan Thornhill, he went over to Cleveland. He was an excellent safety for for uh, the Chiefs last season as well, and season, a couple of seasons before that too. Couple of Super Bowl, you know, rings on his on his hand. So those are the players you you kind of miss in this, in this type of game. And I think that's kind of why you're seeing the uh, the over under being a relatively high one for this one. You know, I do think there'll be a lot of points being scored in this game because these are two very very good offenses, but they both kind of have, in my opinion, at least question marks on the other side of the ball. The aforementioned thing I mentioned about the the players that the Chiefs are missing and like Detroit, they're they're looking like it's their best roster in you know several several seasons but still question marks at the other side of the ball the defensive side of the ball and ultimately i'm just going back to the chiefs for a second you know they i I wrote up my notes yesterday before that news about travis kelsey hyperextending his knee and i'm seeing sort of like you know internet doctors saying he'll be probably out for between two and four weeks that's a big loss because the chiefs have slowly over the past several seasons as they've had to pay Kelsey for one and also had to pay Mahomes increasing contract they've had to strip away other assets other skill position players and if you kind of look at the roster absent of Mahomes and Kelsey on the offense it's not phenomenal you know you have Sky Moore the the young the young uh, receiver who hasn't really delivered yet you have Marquez Valdez Scantling who's had three or four seasons in the league now his two his, the quarterbacks he's played with have been Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes <laughs> And he's still, I mean, I, I don't I don't have the stats here in front of me, but he's not certainly set the world on fire. He's he's good for a handful of touchdowns a year, but that's about it. And you'd expect more from a from a team with Patrick Mahomes playing quarterback and Andy Reid coaching them, you know? So I think uh, this game is teed up to be a, a, a Chiefs win in a high-scoring game, I think. It's an unfortunate start, I think, for, for the Detroit Lions, who I do expect to have a good season, but to travel 
to Kansas City for this game. It's, it's a it's a tricky start. So I think, I, like, look, we could be talking about this game next week, and if we're talking about the Lions winning this game, I would not be terribly surprised. But at the same time, it's still Patrick Mahomes versus Jared Goff. And I think when you nail it down to those kind of two parameters, there's only one winner there. Yeah, I was Jared surprised. The, the, the Lions defense got – I mean, they, they signed Emmanuel Mosley and Chauncey – uh, Gardner Johnson, you know, in the offseason, so to bolster their secondary, and then both guys promptly went out and got hurt. Mm-hmm. But they're both back now. I don't know how good they'll be because they've only just sort of returned this week. Um, but that says to me, too, I agree with John, you know, both teams have sort of question marks on the defense, um, more so uh, for the Lions. But with, with Chris Jones out, the Chiefs really do have to adjust, see, and it's a huge adjustment. Okay, well, let's move on to the first Sunday of the season. That's right. Red Zone is back. John and I's favorite show. Mike has mixed feelings about Red Zone. I believe. You know, it's sometimes... You fantasy owners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fantasy I, team, I, yeah. I, yeah, I wonder why they call them owners. You don't own anything. You know, you're not even managing. Why don't you just say well, fantasy Well, players. I mean, it pretty much They're determines my mood for the next yeah, nine months. They're playing the game. Uh, the first but Sunday, anyway... We we will run through some of the games that the guys have has caught their eyes over at Red Zone. But uh, uh, Sky have gone with 49ers and Steelers in the 6 p.m. games in the 925 Dolphins Chargers. Since we know what those games are, we might as well concentrate because some people may be not watching sure. Red Zone. Some people may be uh, uh, more purists and enjoy knowing what uh, commercial brand is sponsoring. Well, Sky. it's a great choice, i got to say, for the early game. I mean, it's... The- it's- it's not a bad slate of games, but this is by far the most interesting, I think, and, and po- probably the most competitive. Okay, well, it's 7-10 to 10 about the San Francisco 49ers. Pittsburgh Steelers are 23-20. to 20. 2.5 is the uh, current spread, and the over-under is 40.5. So, Mike, I'll come to you first. What has happened in the off-season, for those who aren't paying attention, that the 49ers Steelers is a 2.5 spread and not a 6.5 spread, which probably would have been at the back end of last season. Well, most of it is is on the 49ers. You, you've got Brock Purdy needing to prove that the last seven games of last season before he got before he injured his elbow in the NFC championship were not a fluke, and that he's back, you know, at full strength, which it seems it seems he is. Um the Niners, I think Kittle. Is question is questionable, uh, maybe doubtful for this game, and I, I think he he could miss it. Um, otherwise, they're pretty strong, but they've lost their defensive coordinator and a number of players off their defense, which is going to make things a bit a bit tougher for them. And it's it's a it's a question of styles too. Kyle Shanahan, like many coaches, hasn't played his starters much in the preseason. He hasn't given much away. The Steelers have come out each week with the starting crew in there and left them in for a reasonable amount of time. And they've looked really, really good, admittedly, against in exhibition games against other teams not giving giving much away. But, you know, Kenny Pickett's looked good. George Pickens has looked great. Their defense has looked fine. Um, and so I think being in Pittsburgh um, – on opening night probably is one of the reasons why the spread is, is, is so low, but part of it too, is the way that the Steelers have looked and, you know, as home dogs, I hate looking up these stats and finding them. And then you see somebody saying like, since 2007, as home dogs, the Steelers are 14, four and three against the spread. Why 2007? 
<laughs> you know, is it because of Tomlin? You know, maybe. Um, they're but they're you know they're they're generally a well coached team. They were a lousy team last year, and he still got them to a winning record. Um, so, they were a really bad team last year, and he got yeah, them to a winning record. Yeah, so I think work. I, I think you know two and a half obviously is a tease, but you know I, I'm not I'm not opposed to taking Pittsburgh in the points in this game. I think it'll be a close game. I think they'll be able to hold San Francisco tight um, because they have the best ingredient for it, which is the pass rush. Mm, okay. John, I've known you about 20 years and you've regularly been called a tease. So do you see this as a tease? <laughs> Sorry. Was there a question there? I missed the question. Only with you, Kieran. Yeah. Well, Mike <laughs> said, he's, Mike, he's an Mike easy said, mark for the rest of us. Mike said the spread is a tease. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, Mike's always right. Um huh. yeah, no, I don't really have a great deal to add to that, I suppose. I think, yeah, this this comes down to me to be an interesting, you know, clash between two uh, two young quarterbacks who kind of approached the league from from very different angles. You know, you have Kenny Pickett, who was well, he came through like a not amazing quarterback draft a year or two ago, but as uh, as Mike said, he's he's looking like he's he's establishing himself as the as the Steelers kind of navigated the post Roethlisberger era, and in yeah in Pickens as well, he's got a great target, and that seems to be working quite well. But it's the Brock Purdy question, which is like which is the most interesting thing about mm, sort of this game, but just the 49ers season as a whole. Like if you listen to our preview show last or a couple of weeks ago, I think all of us, if, if I remember correctly, all of us are quite high on San Francisco, you know, not necessarily win the Super Bowl, but at least, you know, hanging tough and, and having a good season. But all of that comes down to Brock Purdy. Like it, there's such a small sample size for, for a player who may, if I have to remind the, the listeners, was the Mr. Irrelevant out of the draft. He was the very, very last pick in the draft. And that's just absurd to have a starting quarterback picked pick that low, particularly the, the fact that he beat out the former number three pick, Trey Lance, who they've since sent on to Kieran's favorite team, Dallas. So, that's I mean, this, <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> there, yeah, I think that's that's the element about this game now. I, just looking at the the facts and figures, the over under. Kieran, you said it's forty point five. At least it was yesterday evening when I was looking at. Yeah, the, it's still, uh, it still it's is, still is forty point five. Yeah. So, I think that game and like the abs the absence of Nick Bosa could could well you know that could be a few more points for for the Steelers when you when you look at it like this. So I'd be looking at the over forty point five in this one. It's just the. You know, maybe it's just the opt- optimist in me, but I think that's a very, very achievable target. As for, yeah, I would fancy the 49ers to win, but uh, Steelers at home is a difficult proposition. And as somebody said just a few minutes ago, Mike Tomlin, even in bad seasons, just manages to get things done with this team. So you can never really count them out. Like he's never finished below 500 in his, in his career at Pittsburgh. So that's a hard team to beat. And it's a hard team to dominate. So I'm just going to go with the over 40.5 in this. I like that you said somebody when there's only two other people. It was one of you, though. I couldn't remember which one. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> What's the one at the top's name? The one at the microphone. <laughs> yeah. That's, what, that's the reason the NFL went to 17 game seasons, was so that no coach could finish at 500. Oh. Um, okay. As I mentioned, we recorded our uh, season preview, and we talked a little bit about. KC, we talked about the Eagles, we talked about the Bills, San Francisco, we touched on the Cowboys, we touched on Jets, we went charged with everyone. And I was like, what a great show. And the first thing that someone said to me after listening to it on Twitter was, what about the Dolphins? You guys didn't talk much about the Dolphins. I was like, well, we can't talk about every team. And they were like, but they're 20 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, which... I you thought know, the, the bar was sixteen to one. I think we were. I, I think we talked about <laughs> so if, that were if they're the other side of the bar, 
<laughs> that answers his question. Because I think we talked about the Chargers, and maybe we did. We talked about the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's got yeah, a slight yeah. point. But what I think he meant. You want to talk about a tease? Let's talk wanted, about the Chargers. We teased the. We teased everyone, but his point to me on on Twitter was that the Dolphins are not out of question to be a Super Bowl run and maybe get there. I think that's what he's probably a Dolphins fan. So right. with that hat on, hat. Um, Dolphins at Chargers is the battle of the dark horses for the Super Bowl in week one, Mike. Absolutely. Battle of the teases. Um, battle of the teases. And, you know, the Chargers, every Greg Rosenthal, who, who works for the NFL, um, you know, and NFL.com and everything, um, was saying this is the year for the Chargers. You know, he picked the, picked them all the way. And, and, and I said, basically, what he was doing was being Charlie Brown. To Lucy, Lucy holding the football and pulling it away because that's what the Chargers do every year. Um, you know, he thinks Kellen Moore coming there is going to make the Chargers offense much better. Justin Herbert's going to be able to throw the ball downfield better. Um, the, the offensive line was looking good before Rashawn Slater got hurt last year. They had a couple of other injuries o- over there. And um, defensively, Joey Bose is not holding out. Um, and their defense has a couple of really fine players in it. Um, so I, I think it's reasonable to consider them contenders. Um, Miami, I think, is even stronger um, in terms of roster building. Um, and Vic Fangio's addition makes their defense better, even if Jalen Ramsey is out. And they went and they signed Eli Apple right away, and, and they brought in a couple of other players for the secondary um, to replace him. The, their whole season depends on Tua, basically. Yep. Um, and Tua is a question mark to get through the season. I think he's going to, you know, that's probably going to be well, true for the, re- back, yeah. For, yeah, for the rest of his career. Um, now, I don't actually think Tua is in that top tier of quarterbacks when you look at look at his play, um, absenting in absenting injury. But with the weapons they have, he's more than adequate to make that offense go. And drafting a running back who's fast and a great one cut runner is absolutely perfect for that defense. And I expect them to run the ball more than they did last year. And if I were them, I would come out in this game and run the ball against um against the Chargers. The, the, Who couldn't defend that last year. Yeah. Literally exactly. couldn't defend it. It was like a hot knife through butter most of the season. Yeah. So so there's the over under is it 51? It was um, I never actually said the prices because we just yeah. hopped in like like excited schoolgirls. It was fifty point um, five yesterday. Thank you, John. See? And Chargers were three point favorites, I believe. Yeah, I had minus three um and um, 51. And I was thinking, I was thinking Miami could probably cover 2.5. I think Miami could, could cover, could he could cover. I hate the, the long road trips. Um, I think 50, 51, five is a tease, but I still might be tempted to go over on that. Well, it's um, 50.5, so it's okay. 50.5, I, and I, I don't know. That sounds better, but but I think Vic Fangio's defense is going to pose problems for them. So I see, I see this more of a sort of 48-point 40, game, Okay, if that, if that makes any sense. It's only just, I would say. Uh, John, Miami Dolphins <laughs> yeah. 11-8, the Chargers 6-10. As we just mentioned, three points is the spread, and it's 50.5. Um, yeah, as I said, battle, battle of the teasers. 
one thing I pick up with, with Mike as well there, it's like he's, he obviously mentioned that Miami's whole season revolves around Tua, but surely the Chargers' whole season revolves around Herbert too, like. A little, yeah, it does. And like, that's, you know, I was just, look, I was thinking about this game yesterday when I was preparing my notes here and it's, you know, I was kind of just glancing at the the Chargers roster, their final 53, and what, what they look like. And for the most part, obviously, there's chopping and changing in every NFL roster, but you're still looking at Justin Herbert. You're still looking at Austin Eckler. You're still looking at Keenan Allen. You're still looking at Mike Williams. Like, that's to have, you know, those types of players year in, year out. Like, what is this, Herbert's fourth year or something like that anyway? But to, to have a considered amount of, or a considered roster like that that you can rely on is one thing. But on the other side of that as well, it's a little, in my opinion, at least anyway, it could be a little bit easier for opposition coaches to game plan against this because you see it every single season in a way. It's the same skill position players. And I just wonder if that, if this might be the year where this kind of comes back and, you know, they just stagnate slightly, you know. Ooh. Austin Eckler is a year older. Like, I mean, it's not like he's old, but, you know, running backs are kind of old by the time they're 24 most of the time anyway. And like Keenan Allen is, what, 31, 32. Mike Williams is no spring chicken either and stuff as well. And they obviously have other players there and stuff as well, but I'm just highlighting those ones in particular. But I'm kind of, that all all those kind of factors lead me to lean on the on the Dolphins in this one. I think Dolphins minus three, if it's still minus three, is, is a good bet in this one. Plus three. Um, Oh yeah, sorry, that's what I mean. Yes, beg your pardon. But uh, the um, yeah, I think I uh, just echoing again what Mike said. The, the Dolphin season really relies on Tua being fit, and if he is fit, and like, if you remember last season before he had, he, I think he had three concussions last year or something like that. Anyway, he was out for a considered period or a long period of time, and he's like he's had that every year. He was even drafted into the league while injured. So like that's that's just kind yeah, of the, that was the, that was the knee. The, the yeah, concussions are more. No, that was his hip. I think wasn't it when he came in? Yeah, but like, the, yeah the, but, um, which is why Herbert went ahead of him in the. Exactly, like two, two in was, the end. he was he was being billed as the as the first pick in the draft that year before he got the injury and stuff. Tank, but remember, it was supposed to be the Dolphins tanking for tanking Tua. For Tua, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so all that said, like if assuming Tua is is fit and good to go, like if he this is this would be the part of the season before he gets injury ravaged where he can rely on Tyreek Hill, he can rely on Jalen Waddle. Those are some yeah. excellent excellent weapons to have. Probably the best wide receiver tandem in the league, unless I'm forgetting anybody that's that's you know ahead of them. So uh, yeah, I think the the Dolphins are, are a good bet here on the road. You know, yeah. Okay. I I also should have probably mentioned Kellen Moore because to me this is a game of the of the coordinators. It's it's can Kellen Moore get the most out of the Charger offense against Vic Fangio's defense? You know, and I have mixed feelings about Kellen Moore, but um, you know I'm, this, that that to me is going to be the interesting thing to watch. Because you know you're right about Keenan Allen and Mike Williams being great, but they're past their prime, exactly. especially yeah. especially Keenan Allen. They really need a deep threat um, mm-hmm. in that in that um, in that group, and and they don't really have a consistent one. Funnily enough, I, as you were both talking there, I was, I was thinking back to when they were both drafted, and of course, I mean, Tua his collegiate career was 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 incredible at, at times, and he was you know very much tipped to go first in the draft, as you both mentioned. With what we've seen so far, and obviously Tua is has had his injuries and he's had the concussions and all that. So let's take that slightly out to when, and Herbert's been basically fully fit. So if you look at what you've seen of Tua when he's been fit and healthy and what you've seen of Herbert when he's fit and healthy, if you could rewind time, if you could turn back time, as Cher beautifully sang, um, who would you now say is the better player in the NFL? Herbert. 
of Herbert. the two quarterbacks. Yeah, Justin Herbert yeah. as well. No and it's question. Not, no it, question. It's not, it's not just because of the injury factor. I think even if you know if you get a full yeah. seventeen game season out of both, I think Justin Herbert probably out yeah. comes to it. Okay. Um, Herbert played most of last year hurt apparently. Yeah. Um, not major injury, but but injury uh, in the rib injury that you yeah. know. Well, I think this, should, should, this should be a year as well for you know for Herbert to if he's going to take that next step towards that kind of elite quarterback tier. I think this is the year that he really has to kind of show that. Like, he's going to get a contract. He'll get a big contract regardless, really, unless he absolutely... He's know, got one. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. But yeah, I, I yeah. guess you're what I'm saying... Yeah, you're thinking of the guy who went first in that draft. Yeah, 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 yeah. true, true. Which was Joe but, Burrow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so there's a couple this of guys. time yeah. to prove it. Because I, I, for a while now, I've thought that Justin Herbert's kind of on that Josh Allen kind of progression. But he hasn't got quite there yet, at least by... Well, no, nobody would say he's as good as Josh Allen. That's, that's obvious, but... I don't even think anybody. Well, it's would... team. It's team context too, you know, True. and that's what that's one of the reasons why everybody's got such um, respect for Burrow is that nobody perceived Cincinnati as being a, a top flight team, and you know, there's a sense that despite being sacked forty or fifty times each season because they can't, they couldn't put together an offensive line, you know, that he was able to carry carry Cincinnati, which is a little bit unfair to Lou Anarumo and their defense and to their receivers. And but you know, but the, but that's that's what Herbert has been unable to do in San Diego or Los Angeles, where the Chargers now are. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Before we move on to the late games, which of course is Dallas Cowboys at the Giants, and then we've got Bills Jets on Monday Night Football, you guys kind of both said to me that uh, Bengals are Browns, so that's a a natural progression really, um, as you were speaking about Joe, 3-4 about the Bengals, the Browns are 11-10, 2.5 spread, 47.5 is the over-under, John... Yes, sir. Tell me why what has happened in the off season for those who've been asleep. <laughs> for the Cincinnati Bengals, Bengals Browns well, is two and a half and not six and a half. Uh, sorry, I said you, you, you're wondering why. Why is Bengals... it? Why is the spread so low? I mean, most people would look at that and say that well, the Bengals will win. Um, well, it's the it's the best. We talked about it briefly on the preview show. It's the this is the best Browns roster on paper that they've had. Certainly post expansion, so, so going back to uh, I don't know the nineties, let's say the mid nineties, I'll just arbitrarily pick. Um, they're they have a pretty fantastic roster across the board at this point, but you know games aren't won on paper. That's the normal caveat as well. But you know in this game, the only thing I I, I do have the brands. I am picking Cleveland in this game, but the brands lose week one. Every single season, and that's the thing that gives me a bit of caution to this. I can't remember the last time that they won week one. Like certainly not since I've been a fan. I'll tell you that. Well, that's your best tip. That's your best tip of the night. I know what his best bet is now. They 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 lose week one every single time. But you know what? If this is a different Browns team, they seem to be in win now mode. If this is if this is the one that they're going for, don't be surprised if they get if they get the win here. Like. The Browns have all they over recent four or five years they've historically done quite well against Cincinnati despite Cincinnati, you know, usually outperforming them when the division standings are done. Uh, I think Burrow is like, is he one and three, one and four against Cleveland, something like that. He's certainly lost significantly more than he's won against Cleveland. So he, he just he's not this like magical quarterback and go into Cleveland and just like dominate the game and, and get the win just off his own back. You know, there's a lot more to it than that. Plus the fact that I don't know, you know, there, there was that stories throughout the off season about Joe Burrow having that calf injury. I don't know what that mobility is going to be like. And for, as I think Mike said earlier, 
Joe Burrow, we said to him it too, but Joe Burrow as well as one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league. And no matter what Cincinnati do with their offensive line, they just can't seem to protect him. Like they've invested heavily, really heavily in that offensive line, yeah. but still the frailties are still there. And it, some of it is Joe Burrow extending a play, perhaps, you know, past the point of it being wise and just trying to hero ball something, which he's actually able to do sometimes, you know, successfully. Um, so I, I think those are the frailties for for, for Cincinnati. For, for Cleveland, like I mentioned, great roster. It all depends on how the quarterback plays. If Deshaun Watson can get back to how, how he played, or even even like 80% of how he was playing in, in, in Houston, this this should be a fantastic team. Yeah, he uh, certainly didn't last year. But, no, but, for sure. Six games yeah. last year or six or seven games, whatever it was last year. And yeah, yeah, he couldn't practice until exactly. the suspension yeah, yeah. was over. I think he got, yeah. yeah, it was six games. He scored seven touchdowns and five interceptions. It was not phenomenal. The Browns went three and three in that run, which is, you know, mm-hmm. not terrible. Pretty for, good for the Browns. Like three and three with like you know, which was generally average or sub-average quarterback play, was you know not a bad outcome from that. But if they can improve upon that, if you you know you have Nick Chubb now shouldering the load at running back, he should be uh, he's primed for a great season now that he doesn't have kind of free punts coming in, stealing some touches. The receiver core looks good. The offensive line has been one of the best in the league for several years, but crucially, it's the improvements they've made on the defense that I think is really what sets this Browns team apart from where they were the last couple of years. The offensive line is actual real NFL players, not Uber drivers anymore. It's not just Miles Garrett and a bunch of like Domino's employees <laughs> that they're trying to uh, try That's to get. That's harsh on Jadavian Clowney. He was harsh yeah. on himself last okay. year. Okay, well, reporting live from yeah. Shaker Heights, Ohio, John Bell. <laughs> So, um, all that so said, 40, on, 47 five what do you think yeah, of that I, i've only with the point too much but the brands uh the brands and the handicap i think is the, is the bet here they're at home it's a it's a rivalry game they tend to play well against cincinnati i, I think that's why they get the job done so that's what i'm going for. what about the over under that's my question over under i've got here is 47 five i'd probably go yeah. under to be honest me on this too one. Yeah, yeah that's but, what but, i was thinking yeah Okay. What do you think, Kerry? Are you, uh, are you pro brands or are you pro Bengals in this one? Just well, in you, of... went on, you went on so long that I actually moved on to the next game. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will... got the first bus out of town. We're going to talk Cowboys Giants next week. Instead, we're talking about his favorite team, Dallas. <laughs> Um, actually, to be honest, my phone rang with an unknown number, like with a number I'd never seen before. So I was looking at, it. I was like, "Who the oh. hell is ringing me?" You know, what's what? Why is well, who's this oh eight seven number that I've never? Oh, that was me and my burner phone. Just wanted to talk to you about the brands. Sorry, we got some. <laughs> Have you got a couple of minutes to talk more about the brands? <laughs> Uh, so did you buy? Did you buy the insurance while <laughs> while John was talking? The, uh, uh, let's do Sunday night football. Dallas Cowboys are at the New York Giants. It's a big one when the Dallas roll into the Giants, you know, because Dallas are a big team. Four to seven about the Cowboys. The Giants are seven to five. It's three point five is spread over under forty six point five. Yeah, why don't you take this one, Karen? Um, no, 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 Mike. Who are you more excited for, the Giants or the Cowboys this season? I couldn't be as excited as you are. Two about of your the Cowboys. Teams. I mean, going from ball on the Browns to you on the Cowboys, it's like oh, torture. Segue. I'm, not, um, I'm not a Cowboys yeah. fan. So no. I don't like them at all. Well, that's I, not I think this. Totally I think this is a really interesting game, and um, I'm not surprised that the Giants are home dogs. Um, but what's the spread on this now? Did it's gone over a uh, field goal now. It's 3.5. Yeah, it was, it was 3.5 when I looked. I think the Giants in 3.5 is not a bad look in this game. Um, and strangely enough, I think it, it actually could go, it could become a defensive game like last year's games were. Um, they um, 
But the big question to me in this one is what the Cowboys do. And I, and I see that um, um, should the other Smith, not Tyson Smith, the other Smith, who's supposed to be their starting left guard, um, and eventually their left tackle is going is going to be out for this one. So that that raises a couple of questions about about their running game. And this is you know Mike McCarthy taking the team back over and from Kellen Kellen Moore, who we talked about with with the Chargers. Um, so that the offense is probably going to be more what would you say integrated with the rest of the game. And and sort of play according to game conditions, but I've been so impressed with what Brian Dable did with the Giants and Joe Shearn in their first year, and this year having the chance to sort of reshape the roster a bit more toward what they want to do, and with um, Danny Dimes, um, Danny having, Dimes. A, having a second year in the in the off, you know often I think I mentioned this in a in in our show, and I think I said third year. Um, when we did the preview show, but the extra year of experience with this, you know, Josh Allen didn't blossom until his third year in Buffalo under, under day ball. So, you know, I think this could be a, a case where Barkley's back Al, um Dan, Danny Jones is going to be better than he was last year. They've got, they've got a better set of, of receivers for him to throw to they they're more solid, I think, defensively, and they're a good defensive team. So I kind of like the Giants plus the points in this one. How dare <laughs> but John take it from there? Uh, Kieran, don't worry about it. I'm going for Dallas in this one. I think Dallas win this particular game. Um, yeah, I'm not, ex- you know, I think the I'm, I'm differing slightly from Mike in this one. I think that the Giants might take a backward step this season based upon very little evidence and no sample size. So we'll see we'll revisit this in a few weeks and see how they're actually playing. Um, but yeah, I just think, like, number one, Dallas swept this series last year. And I do kind of agree that, like, you know, I'm interested to see what Brian Dayball does this year. And it would be, he is a very good coach. And to win three games in a row against uh, against this Giants team for the Cowboys' perspective might be tough, might be kind of a tough ask. But uh, yeah. I was even just going like Dallas on the money line. So I think it could be a very close one. But I do agree with Mike about it being perhaps more likely to be a, a defensive kind of game. So, uh, yeah, I hate to be the under guy, but yeah, it's going to be. No, I, I'd agree with you on the yeah. under as well. I'm going to go under 46-5 on this one. I think that's probably the um, the most likely thing. But I wouldn't mind sticking just a Dallas money line bet into, into an accumulator and seeing what happens there as well. Okay, a low-scoring game. That's something to stay up late on Sunday night. Yeah. <laughs> Um, our final game that we look at is, well, I mean, we've mentioned teases. We've had the Dolphins. We've had the Chargers. We've had John Balf. And now we have the Super Bowl <laughs> teasers of last season, which are the Buffalo Bills heading to a the New York Jets. Clearly why this is on TV, of course. It's Aaron Rodgers' first appearance as a Jet. Uh, 7 to 10 about the Bills. The Jets are 23 to 20, 9 to 10. Uh, uh, sorry, two point five is the spread. Is forty six point five is the over under. Um, <clears throat> Mike, your old friend Bill Belichick was uh recently doing an interview, and he said that he disagreed with teams that go all in for one season because, and then basically have terrible seasons for three or four years. Yeah, I would say the Jets have gone all in on Aaron Rodgers, or would you say they've gone in all in all in on Aaron Rodgers this season? 
they've gone more than Medium just in. a toe in more than just a toe in the water. That's for sure. I mean, it's not just Aaron Rodgers. He he's given them a fairly team friendly contract. You remember he he took a cut on what he was owed from his Green Bay contract when he signed with them. It's still massive, but um, and he doesn't really need the money. But you know they went out and they brought in. Um, that's pretty good. Went out, brought in um, Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard, and you know Tim Boyle was there. He's on the practice squad now. Um, you know they, Nathaniel Hackett uh, as the offensive coordinator. So to make everything Rogers friendly um, around the clubhouse, and and in a sense, you get you get the feeling that it's Robert Salah's team, but it's Aaron Rodgers' offense. Yeah. Um, and that that's the that's going to be the interesting part as to how how those two concepts meld um, because the Jets on paper are really stacked defensively. And that's Salah's special specialty, obviously, coming from the Niners as defensive coordinator. Um, so the question will be whether they can um, generate enough points. Sean McDermott has taken over the defense himself. He's going to be the defensive play caller in Buffalo. Let's Frazier. Um, well, he left. He's doing he's working for NFL Network this year, strangely enough. Um, and I think that you're going, you're going to see them be pretty effective defensively because I think you still have a problem with the offensive tackles um for the Jets. And you, they are vulnerable, which which will be interesting to see how Rodgers reacts to it. Now He's used to playing in Green Bay with with lines that they would patch together every year, especially after David Bakhtiari got hurt, as he did every year. Um, and he makes lines better because he gets rid of the ball. You know, he knows when to get rid of it. He doesn't get sacked that much. He he can extend plays a bit uh, by move by moving. He likes to extend plays because he likes breakdown situations. Um, and I find that interesting against Buffalo, who with McDermott, it's the old Carolina thing. They really want to contain you, not give up big plays, make you be perfect all the way down the field and capitalize when you make a mistake and aren't. And they also depend on basically a four man rush. And that can be if, against a team with two questionable tackles that can be if really effective. So I think it plays into Buffalo's hands defensively there. Um, and watching the Jets play against Buffalo's offense will be great because I think even more so than um, than Rodgers, Josh Allen is dependent on the breakdown game. So, you know, I can make a really great case for the Bills, and then I look at the Jets' defense and think this is going to be a close game. Um, you know, and I would like – I would love the Jets with three. Um, two, I'm not quite so sure. Well, two and a half. But I get two and a half. Yeah. Um, um, I, the, and I might way? go under on this one too. And I hate to be the undertaker. Yeah, yeah she's sure, staying but, up late yeah. for these. Yeah. Um, oh, John, I'd stay up late for it, even if it was thirteen to three. I mean, I yeah. yeah. I, well, just, I think this will be a good football game. Just thing, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bills at Jets. How do you see it going, John? Um, briefly, I suppose I'm forecasting a couple of growing pains for the Jets early on. I think this is, you know, what the they're at home. Uh, obviously, but to welcome Buffalo Bills there isn't exactly where you might want to start your season. This might be a game you'd you'd maybe have you'd like from a Jets perspective. You might like to have her in Week Four, or Week Five instead. Once you've got kind of a few, you know, you're oiled up a little bit better. So I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough start for Aaron Rodgers in this game. Uh, I think the Bills take this by a touchdown, so I'm fairly confident of a Bills points win here. 
Uh, we'll get your best bets very uh, quickly. Just a reminder that Betfair starts the season with a fantastic offer of a completely free bet builder on any NFL match this Sunday. And after the opening well weekend, you'll be able to bag a free bet every single Sunday in the NFL when you bet £5 or €5 Euro on bet builders. Terms and conditions apply, as the French would say. Um, <laughs> once again. Uh, and you can find a link to the, all those tips and tricks in the description for this podcast, if you so want to. Lads, best bets. Mike, I never asked you, actually, if you saw the interview with Bill, and did you agree? So let's, uh, in, in 30 which seconds... In, which interview was that? Do you believe... Um, I can't remember now, but I'll send it to you exactly yeah. who... No, I, I know. I, I think I read about it or whatever. Yeah, but I, but, but the principle's a simple one. The principle's a simple one. Um, if you sacrifice your future for the Super Bowl... Um, I think Bill's attitude is with Super Bowls. It's like act like you've won one before. Mm. Um, and you know, Andy Reid's in the same category. I think you build a team, you you coach it well, you build a team that can get to the playoffs every year. And once you're in the playoffs, anything much can happen. If you're if you're the Rams and you go all in, trade your draft picks, pay big money, uh, get in salary cap hell, you win your Super Bowl. Um, but again, it's fairly random. You know, I could I could point to a play in the NFC playoffs where where Jaquiski Tart drops a Matt Stafford interception, and that would have ended the game, and they don't even get to the Super Bowl. But then you've got years of struggle after that. So you know, I'd rather take that take the Belichick approach, you know, and and build kind of build for con- continuity and consistency. Now it helps if you've got Tom Brady at at quarterback and look at the bucks you know when they when they got tom brady they had a stacked team they literally were a quarterback away from the super bowl and people kind of forget that so brady proved he can take anyone to the super bowl well the bucks were a loaded team they had a lot of talent on that team um and um no not putting down brady at all but that was what they needed and it worked for them they got another decent season out of it um, you know, but now they're in they're in some. So I'm I'm with I'm with Bill on that one. And we've actually seen when it doesn't work. And I think probably you'd look at someone like the Saints, who went kind of all in for two years there and sacrificed their. They, they've been all then... in for ten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Saints have been in. The Saints are amazing because they've been in per, perpetual cap hell. Yeah. And every year, Mickey Loomis kind of maneuvers his way around it, you know, <laughs> and and puts together a competitive team. But obviously, they had Drew Brees, and they they took advantage of that and. And, um, you know, they got one Super Bowl out of it, uh, you know, basically. So that's yeah. that's the thing. Do you want one Super Bowl in 10 years or or do you want, you know, the possibility of multiple Okay, let's move on. Let's, let's get those best bets. Uh, we look, I let you guys think because uh, I'm going to really annoy John. Uh, my best bet is the Bengals at three to four. What the Bengals the Bengals straight up. Huh? It's straight up on the money line. It's three to four. It's yeah. almost even money. It's a t- t- ticking a bit away from even money. Um I'm gonna, I've got my one here if you want. I'm so go. yeah, yeah, John, hit me up with it. Well, I was going the uh, I'm looking at the Lions Chiefs game, and I was even looking at the uh even yesterday when the over under was fifty three five. Uh, I was looking at that as a good one for the uh for the over. It's I believe it's fifty two five now as of, it as is, of this yeah. morning, yeah. So I think I mean, it's only one point, but, you know, it's one point better in my direction. So I'm going to go, uh, yeah, the over in this one. Okay, yeah, and, and Mike. You know, it's interesting because the Rams, one of the things I was looking at was Seattle. The Rams are getting four and a half in Seattle. And looking at the mess of the Rams, you think, well, that's that's not – that's pretty good. But then you look at last year when the Rams were horrible, they, they lost – 
by four and by three in overtime to Seattle. And that was without Matt Stafford, you know, and that, that was a really bad team, you know, with lots of holes in it. So I, I kind of like the Rams to be able to cover in that one. Um, notice that Bill is getting four and a half at home, uh, which is totally down to Bill <laughs> and maybe to getting rid of Matt Patricia. Um, but, you know, you would think that the Eagles would be more than, you know, would be close to a touchdown favorite, even on the road. It's three and a half um, it, now. It's down to three and a half. Okay, there we go. Um, so, the, you know, I would have taken the Pats maybe at four and a half, three and a half, I'm a bit more. So my best bet is going to be Washington at home, giving seven to the Cardinals. Okay. And I'm not going to repeat attempt- that because you went through a few, but it's Washington. Yeah, Washington at home. minus seven. Is it minus seven still? It's I still minus looked. seven, yeah. It's still yeah. minus seven. Six and a half, I would, you know, be even yeah, well, it's not. You, can you make it six and a half? Can I you? can't do that. No, no, no. <laughs> special I'm... bet special bet builder. Absolutely yeah. not. No, 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 no. Okay, well, I'll take that. Washington giving the touchdown to to the Cardinals in that one. Um, I just think I think Washington defensively is going to be far too much for them. And what I've seen of Sam Howell offensively in preseason is enough to make me think they can generate 21 points against Arizona, and that's going to be enough to win. Okay. Uh, Commanders minus seven over the Detroit Lions and the Bengals uh, on the money line. uh, Tenor plays 63-48 at the moment. Mm, Interesting. Mm -hmm. Let's see how we get on week one. Will we have three (laughs) Ws, baby? Hopefully so. Oh, who won last year? Um. We said that on the show, didn't we? Wasn't, wasn't it a tie? Didn't we all do the same? Or no, something? no, because we had to do a count back and then... We all finished well, above 500 anyway, I remember that. But we've so. always, always finished above 500, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And may that continue, or you are actually getting the sack. Except me, because <laughs> I couldn't find such a face. To, to, um, I'll look back and see who won last year. It is wrote down in in one of the books. Um, I just can't remember off the top of my head. John, I told you that. So it's probably Mike, because you, you remember if it was you, and I don't think it was me, so I'm sure it was Mike. Uh, I think it might well, be me. I think it might I be me. Know, I've won that it usually is Kieran, but he's it the one who me. keeps. Well, it's like Stalin. The notes. So That's yeah, right. It's, it's like gonna Stalin. Be, it's it's gonna not Kieran every year. He's it, the it's not who there. get. Yeah, it's not who you vote for. It's who counts the votes. <laughs> both of you are not. Both of you are not. Uh, you know, high up enough to keep the score. You've got no. a little notebook. We could do this. No, I mean it's weird. It's weird that best bets. You would think best bets would be delivering at a higher percentage than you know. Your your overall success rate with get with with bets, but it doesn't work out that way. It's it's funny because, and I think that's a tribute to the bookies who make certain things look very attractive, and then you know, like on me on day, camera, <laughs> head over to bet for sports. <laughs> on that note, I'll say good night, <laughs> and I will say good night, and John Bath will also say good night, and thank you for listening to Week One of NFL. Only better reminder: if you're listening and the season's only just starting or it's about to, you can still catch our season preview show. Um, it's available. Just scroll down from everywhere podcasts or scroll wherever you're listening or watching on YouTube. It is all there. My thanks to John Baff. My thanks to Mike Carson. We're back. We're going to be here every single Wednesday morning, looking back at all the action and previewing the best of the games and giving you those all important best bets. Enjoy the opening weekend of the NFL. I hope your team wins. I hope your fantasy team wins. Um, Thanks, Karen. Let's all come in. I don't hope your fantasy team wins. (laughs) Not even a little bit. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye for now.